We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Fakes This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show. I'm your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson, uh, not Jacob Niffin. Our guy pulled a Kevin Durant on us, went to the Bay, joined the Light Years podcast. Not really. Yikes. But he is Bastard. in San Francisco. <laughs> so uh, these guys thought it would be a good idea for us to, for, for me to host tonight. So uh, stay tuned for a three-hour long podcast. <laughs> we are proud before we get any further, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of DailyThunder.com. You can find us on, on all socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads, TikTok, you name it, we're there, and YouTube. If you all are tuning in right now, we greatly appreciate you all, and we'll be sure to get to some of those comments. So before we get any further, I'm joined by none other than uh, Mr. Sunday himself, JD. <laughs> I got my shirt Fellas. Oh yeah, that's I was so waiting cool. for you to say that's it. So cool, oh, look. <laughs> Mr. Sunday. I am also joined by none other than the very, very tall man that everybody in Vegas thought was an NBA player. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and last but not least, the guy who uh, stole my hat after I told after I showed him what I bought, and he thought it was so cool. And then next thing I know, last minute, he decides to snag one. Here he is with the non Nick Crane. Get the worst intros. Last week I was. <laughs> The guy in a vacuum. This week, I'm a guy that steals your hat, and everyone else gets Mr. Sunday, and I get the guy that steals. Hello, everybody. This is what happens. We are the Debbie Downer of the podcast. We've established that from Kieran. Is Nick always wearing a hat? Which, if you missed our live show from Vegas, from the Blue Wire Studios, I was the only one not wearing a hat, and we had multiple comments (laughs) in the chat of like, getting in the fancy studio and three well, of y'all can't take off the hat it was like we woke up at like 6 45 a.m that i am not correct. about to really... go do my hair after going to bed at, at approximately three yeah that's <laughs> oh not gosh. happening 
I also accurate. blame Nick for that. That's accurate. <laughs> There's another story for the next morning when Jake and I woke up at like four and are walking out to the airport. <laughs> Here comes Nick in ready for bed. That's a podcast for another time. Uh, or, maybe fellas, <laughs> or for never. That's, that's exactly right. Now, there was a NBA Summer League game played tonight and Allegedly. i think we're just gonna go ahead and spend this next hour here breaking down the entire game um, oh you know <laughs> someone cut taylor's mic <laughs> cut it just it's like a, that's it i'm hosting now <laughs> yeah not a look at, me. Look at ton. me i'm the host now <laughs> not a ton to take away from today's summer league game uh as a thunder end up losing their their final summer league game in Vegas 98 to 94 against the Spurs. However, there were some noticeable stat lines, particularly Jared Butler had a good game. Uh, Usman did go ahead and play even though Chet did not. But that one kind of surprised me a little bit. Ty Ty got to start. So there's a, a, just some brief things that we can kind of touch on and break down. Uh I guess I'll go ahead and start. Well, actually I started left to right last time. So Nick, I'll let you go first here. <laughs> You're assessing for big takeaways. Yeah, very, very big, very, very brief. Doesn't have to be anything oh, too crazy. Very big and very brief. Two things you don't know about. Um, <laughs> I would say big takeaways. You could tell it was a game that guys fighting for a roster spot felt like they were fighting for a roster spot. Um, that's that's the beauty and the the ugly of summer league is there's a lot of talented players, but you almost never see the talent mesh. Even for a team like the Thunder, where they're like very big on get to Vegas, team building. You know, you did Salt Lake City before. You should get to know these guys. Um, it just it's it's a lot of ISO, a lot of one on one, a lot of missed opportunities. You got a a potentially generational seven footer in the paint, not tonight, but other games, and you're gonna try to drive it right at the rim instead. Anyways, uh, fun but sloppy was was the big takeaway. I think that's pretty fair, Justin. Was you that, anything else? Is that uh, some subtle shade at Jared Butler, maybe? If that's how you interpreted it, maybe it's you that has that hey, well, subtle shade Jared, at Jared Butler. Butler is going to be my takeaway because good Lord, man, 31 points tonight off 10 of 19 shooting. Uh, this, this game tipped off and Jared Butler said it's Jared Butler time. <laughs> and I think we've seen that a lot this summer league. And credit to him, like he's done pretty well. He's played well. I just don't think there's any performance he could put together. This is my opinion that gets him on this roster because of how many guards Oklahoma city has. Maybe he earned himself a spot on another team's roster with this summer league performance. I think he's got some game. He's got some value. He took a lot of shots in Las Vegas over the last 10 days. Uh, but I, you could definitely see he was, he was going for it tonight. He had some nice steals as well. Um, can do some things on the defensive end. But I, I don't know that Jared Butler's got a role on this Oklahoma City Thunder squad heading into the regular season. I kind of wondered that as well, Justin. I actually tweeted something out fairly similar. Like, yes, he can shoot the heck out of the ball. Um, a game like tonight is very promising and, and, and exciting, regardless of who he's playing against. But there's a lot of things with his game that I know throughout the summer league that does not quite match with what we've been talking about over the past year and a half, two years. Uh, what this next iteration of this Thunder team is going to be. I kind of had a similar thought there. Uh, Silva, anything else on Jared Butler or any other takeaways you want to mention on, from this game? Yeah, uh, really quickly on on Kaysen. There are, like what Justin pointed out, you'll have guys in Summer League that'll stand out because they take a shitload of shots and they make a lot of those shots because it's Summer League and that just kind of happens. 
Um, that stuff I don't take away from some of the usually. What I can take away sometimes are like process, behaviors, and I noticed Kaysen plays really hard defense no matter the stakes. Um, and so I appreciated that out of him tonight. That's that's really all I had. Got that dog in him. We got the dog. I did like the point of attack defense. Like that that yeah. showed again. Uh, I think it was there in the second quarter. He had a really nice play where he was able to get a deflection and and create fast break opportunities, which I think will be huge and is a great way that he'll be able to, or an early way for him to be able to contribute with his team um, in the regular season. Hey Taylor, I agree. there's a there's only one answer to this question, but I want to see if you have a different answer. If you had ten <laughs> opportunities, this is like a trap. Right. <laughs> if you had ten opportunities to score on Case and Wallace one on one, how many times are you scoring? Zero. Thank you. However, That's However I feel confident I could draw at least one foul. Oh my god! Well, probably only one. <laughs> That's the right answer. Good job. That is, I was going to say negative one. <laughs> negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. He would score. He would get it like a steal and then go and score on the other end of the floor and score on me. Negative one. Probably more. more it would be a hellish one. time. <laughs> but he did. That, <laughs> that is one thing that stood out to me for sure is his defense. That translated, um, even though the offense didn't continue to translate after that first game, we saw him live in summer league. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of this like, ooze. He had a fine game. He played 31 minutes, which kind of surprised me. I yeah. thought we might see him. Kamiar joined us. <laughs> you know, I was at my parents' house and I was trying to leave. But you know when your parents like never stop talking uh, and you can't get out the door? Yeah, it's one of those situations. So I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'd like to say a shout out to one of the listeners of the pod I ran into. He hugged me. Nice. Uh, Cameron, oh. yeah, it gives great hugs. <laughs> That's and uh, Mateo for doing some pretty awesome artwork. So I ruined Ooh. what you guys were in the middle of talking about. So I, I really yeah. hope Jacob's just like listening to this or watching this live and thinking <laughs> this is what happens when I miss one show. Like All these guys popping in randomly. Taylor and... just off the rails. Kamiar pumps <laughs> pops in midway. I think the fans like it. I think the fans like the spontaneity. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone hates Jacob. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> Everybody, drop in the chat how Let's much you off. hate Jacob. Let's get it going. <laughs> one, to, one to ten, scale. We need you to Jacob. download this episode on every single device you own. So it's the most <laughs> downloaded episode in uncontested history. That's some very important downloads. <laughs> Gamiar, we are uh, very briefly breaking down tonight's game. And honestly, we probably have already gone too long. Didn't watch it take- because <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Nobody perfect. played. <laughs> Okay. There it is. There we go. That is the perfect encapsulation. Yeah, yeah the, the perfect summary here. We talked about Jerry Butler. Um, we talked about Usman Jang, which Ty Ty Washington started, which was great to see. But I mean, again, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, we talked about Casey Wallace. So honestly, I think that's probably a really good transition. And what we really want to spend the majority of the time here on is what we saw from these players throughout summer league. And so we have dubbed this one in honor of our guy Jacob, who is not here. Summer school. Tell me ours a teacher though. So this is perfect. I'm glad he's here for this. Uh, And basically what we're going to do is after Vegas Summer League, after Salt Lake City Summer League, we're going to go through some of these players. We're going to assign them essentially some homework um, post-summer school as they head into, you know, this basically the rest of the offseason and into the regular season. So I guess we'll go ahead and start with the the big one. No pun intended. (laughs) Chet Holmgren. Uh, he had, you know, we, we talked a lot about his game. 
and how he's played uh, throughout summer league. A lot of promising things and a lot to be excited about with Chet. But what is some homework from Chet that maybe he could be working on when he's he's playing with this this team in the regular season? Conditioning, uh, which is not his fault. Like I'm not sitting here saying like there's like the Luca discourse every year that he's out of shape when the season. It's not that. It's just when your foot is non-functional for nine months, like it takes a bit. And if he's going to be the floor spacer that the team wants him to be, he's going to have to be in fantastic shape because fourth quarter comes around, your legs got to be fresh and ready to knock down the shot. You could definitely see it out there in Salt Lake, but also Vegas too. Like the one that the play that stands out to me, I think it was the first or second game in Salt Lake and Chet kind of got tripped up and laid on the floor and just didn't move. And like, that's me five minutes into any pickup run. So like I, very relatable. Yeah. Man had his hands on his hips, like yeah. midway through the second quarter. And I was like, I mean, the altitude sure is a sure. thing, especially if you have a guy or a guy that hasn't played at somewhat NBA speed. Uh, I mean, like he's, he's it's, ex- it's summer league. So we can't, I don't want to go off the rails because of summer league instead of guys that far past everybody else in summer league that like, the Lucas and everybody else. Um, and he was gassed in the second, like you mentioned, like hands on the hips, sweaty, needing to check out just for a breather. Um, but you, I, you saw it in Vegas. I mean, I, you saw him get the most lift in his shot in Vegas, despite the fact that he didn't shoot well from three, but did a lot of other things pretty good. Uh, but like you said, Justin, he, that man was laying on the floor a lot. Uh, and it wasn't just because he was diving. <laughs> I'm going to take a similar similar route here. Not something that's like basketball skill related, but I'm going to start with a story uh, for our pod listeners that may not know. Nick Crane eats more than any human being I've ever met in my life. Um, I got to witness this firsthand. This man put away like a foot long sub from Capriotti's with chips and a drink like an hour before we went out to like a nice dinner. (laughs) I saw this guy put away more Taco Bell. And then I got two entrees at dinner too. Don't forget. (laughs) Don't undersell me. Two entrees at dinner. So you put away more Taco Bell at the cantina than I thought was humanly possible. (laughs) Oh, I paid for that one. Also why he has to go to the restroom more than any human being I've ever met. We were were having fun poking at Nick and now it's... (laughs) All right. Throwing him under the bus. All right. But... (laughs) I want Chet on the Nick Crane diet. Mm. Um, 17 pounds. Was it 17 or 13? 13? 13. Yeah, it's like 13. 13's great, man. Tons of Taco Bell that I ate? No. no, no. Chet. Kidding. Wait I'm the kidding. Chet yes, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if he ate like Nick, he could have another 13 by the start of training camp. Let's have him eat good, clean food, though. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Like that's that's my and I know it's typically joking, but I I hate the Twitter discourse of like just send that guy to McDonald's and have him eat twenty. It's like then he'll just be fat. Like that's not good weight. Not not every pound of weight Don't is good bring weight. logic into this, Nick. But uh, the, but then people are just going to point to Kenneth Lofton Jr. and be like, yes. he bullies Chet, so it seems yes. to be working out for him. <laughs> what was that accent? Southern uh, Oklahoma guy from probably Durant because they call Durant. it uh, Durant. 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 His name's probably Terry. So Terry from Durant. <laughs> Durant. Back up. He, I think. Uh, I, I think you're right <laughs> there, Justin. Oh, oh God! That's what he sounds like when he's angry. I do think that uh, the weight, like everyone's 
raving over Chet gaining a little bit of weight. Like yeah. this is the beginning of that. Like I don't Hope think so. he'll ever be Giannis. Like where it's just yeah. all of a sudden he's a beast. But I also think he's fine if he doesn't gain any more weight. Like he doesn't have to be this bulky guy. I think he goes KD and that's it. There, there's an advantage to that. Yeah, like, yeah. There, like everyone says, how is he going to guard the big, strong, traditional bigs? How are the big, strong, traditional bigs going to guard him on the perimeter? You know, it's 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 yeah. a two-way street. Yep. Yeah, and people will bring up the whole Jokic thing, uh, but, like, these are generational talents. I mean, he's a robot that's big, that does everything for that yeah. team. It's incredible. Nobody uh, can stop Jokic and no. Joel. You're, you, don't, you don't have the... The big the game has changed. Um, I don't. It's obviously not for good because trends come and go. Obviously, um, but I don't see legitimate big men that can't do other things like space out the floor a little bit uh, being a premium for the next cool at least ten years. I mean, another generation of basketball players uh, is when it, where it's going to come through. So it takes these cycles plenty of time. Like people are like, oh, the Warriors, that thing will die out. Nope. It, it 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 created a lot of other teams that did the exact same thing. And OKC played with four guard lineups last year. I mean, you tell me. We're seeing more and more of that. Hey, to Nick's credit, uh, him and Chet must have the same metabolism because they both stay very thin, regardless of all that food. Uh, I think Chet is probably eating all of that and still just drills put on uh, put on the way. But we'll continue to see it, like you mentioned, Justin. So that anything else. Uh, that we maybe have missed on chat that, that you had that we didn't have a listen. My biggest thing was his handle. That's my, my, my <laughs> yeah. biggest thing. Ha- yeah. uh, handling and yeah. dribbling close to the ground. Sorry, Silva. I noticed I cut you off right as soon as I was speaking. <laughs> no, speaking. You guys literally uh, and sound alike. But it's, it was the yeah, handle. It was the handle. Yeah. We're interchangeable right now. Um, <laughs> the minority um, report, if you will. We've been right. calling ourselves that uh, exactly. behind the scenes. <laughs> we have uh, been for a while. Uh, we have to see it. He admits it. We have been. It's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, that's really all I had too. is the handle. That, that, those are the only two things that stand out because he's like a really exciting player already from what we see. Uh, hey, don't get injured. Also, don't get injured. Um, eat a lot. Yep. Yeah. Don't get injured. Eat a lot and work on the handle. And Agreed. That's basically it. Agreed. I had tighten the handle and get the legs back under him. So yeah. let's go ahead and move on to uh, another guy who put up a lot of stats during summer league. I thought played really well. Uh, but again, I continue to wonder, like, because of how well he played, how does he fit with his team moving forward? I think it's a good time to talk about Trey Mann. I'm curious what you all have for some um, some summer school, summer homework for him uh, heading into this last part of the offseason and the into training camp. Is it? It's weird because... What I've said this before on the podcast. What Trayman offers is ball handling, shot creation. Doesn't offer a ton on defense. He's active at least, but he's not like that's not his strong suit. Well, this team already has like a ton of ball handlers, and probably there will be a ton of ball handlers on the court with him at a given time. So it's it's can he make open threes? Can he ball? Can he make the right decisions? I don't know. I guess it's work on the shot, keep the confidence up for Trey. It's tough. It, it's a tough assignment for him. Something I was like really looking forward to this year out of Trey was the passing because coming out of college, that was a thing. He was a high assist guy, higher than a, a guy that everybody wanted in OKC, this, this Kobe Buffkin guy in <laughs> um, a similar role on a similar team. Anyways, uh haven't seen it much probably due to role and, and all that good stuff, but um might be hard for him to even capitalize on the passing upside with Mitchich and Kaysen Wallace likely coming off the bench, two guys that you'd probably rather have the ball in their hands creating for others. 
Um, so I think you bring up a good point, Silva, that I hadn't put a lot of thought into. We think of Trey as the self-creator that that generates his own shots, but Isaiah Joe, Lindy Waters, those guys proved it last year. If you just hit the open shot, you get the minutes. So if I'm him, I'm working on hitting the open shot. It doesn't have to be a step back or a snatch back or a crossover or anything. Just hit the open shot. Yep. That's what I was going to say was off-ball work. Like we know what he can do when he has the ability to create space when he has the ball in his hands. But the reality is this team, he's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time. And if he wants a role on this team, he could get a role by being able to do more work off ball, find a ways, find ways to create that space. Like he's so good at with the ball in his hands, but do that without the ball and then hit the open shot. Just like you two said, there's a role for that on this team. I don't know if he can do that. Needs to go to the, uh, Aaron Wiggins school of cutting. There you go. God, yes. Yeah. I mean, especially with his, his, uh, vertical leap and pop off the ground quickly. Like he could be yeah. a, like we, we think of Keontae Johnson as a guard lob threat. Trey man has the same bounce, not the same power, but the same bounce. Yep. No, I think that that's fair. Trey no, knows he needs to work on his defense. I mean, he put an Instagram post. <laughs> um, that was pretty funny. That, yeah. that video. But, but like, what what else could you say that I haven't already said? Uh, we already knew. Like, he came into the league with handles. Uh, you knew he had a shot, and he certainly displayed that in summer league. That he made a lot of shots, a lot of difficult looking shots, specifically off a step back too, which oost the same to his credit. A lot of step back threes. That's what he was comfortable coming into the league with. Uh, but being a play finisher. Uh, whether that's being on one end of the cut of receiving the ball or actually making that play and seeing that uh, seeing the play unfold as it happens. I mean, just, I guess, basketball IQ on awareness and knowing your role Uh, because again, like the whole maturation factor at the end of last season, when they, uh, he, he put up a triple double and, He's like, oh, well, you don't always see everything that's on behind the scenes. And he's kind of kept up that same maturation. So that a little bit, too. He's a uh, seems a little bit jaded because of last season. Who's been getting fame because J-Dub got so popular so quickly among the fan base. I think that's fair. I like all those that you guys brought up, especially the off-ball movement. I think all four of you touched on it. I think that's really important. I just had uh, find a way to maintain that aggressiveness and confidence through the offseason. Because that's something that we've seen throughout a regular season with Trey. He really struggles with the ebbs and flows. We go down to the G League, get that confidence back, come back with the Thunder, perform really well because he has that confidence, and then go through periods where he doesn't really play with that same confidence and aggressiveness. So hopefully he can maintain that uh, coming out of Summer League and then work on the playmaking. Because we talked a lot about this over the past week and a half, but there were a lot of times where he really struggled to make the right read, uh, make the right uh, read. And particularly to somebody like Chet posting up down low. So that's what I have for Trey Mann. Next one here is another player who performed really well, particularly in Vegas, uh, was Usman Jang. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Uh, maybe some some summer school, summer school, I can't talk, summer school notes for Usman that you guys noticed. Us had some really great moments. I think we've talked a little bit about the the slow start in Salt Lake, but... Overall, I think a really great summer league showing from Oos. We've talked about this before. We've seen it a little bit. I think what I want to continue to see him work on is being physical. I want him going at guys. He's got the frame. Uh, I think Kamiar, you alluded to it that you know uh, he's 
going to put on some strength or maybe it was someone in the chat. Somebody was talking about Oose putting on some muscle. I think if Oose can put some, some weight on his frame, he has the length to do some nasty stuff on the floor. And I think that he's, that also has to come with a mindset. And I think we got to see more of that in summer league. I want to see that in the regular season. And I want to see it with consistency. I want to see him be aggressive with that large frame and really go at guys, not just guys that are going to be on a G league roster, like what we saw over the last week, but guys that are like actual NBA guys. If he can do that, that takes his, his ability and his fit on this team to a different level versus just kind of like an interesting prospect. And off of that, I would just say, because Us has impressed quite a bit. I mean, every game you played, you're like, Whoa, that was a guy from last year. Um, do you guys remember when, and well, maybe it was different for like the younger guys in the podcast uh, growing up, how you learned how to write letters where you just kind of repetitively wrote a, 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 like on a line. Was that how it was for you? Come guys? Here, the process of learning how to write hadn't I, changed in three years. Uh, uh, being it an education, being Cursive an education, is not taught. it is not the same. And it is I learned to write on an iPad. And, and, and math is, is and math is totally screwed up. Math. What is writing? I learned math on ChatGPT. Like it's it's totally different, legitimately. Like, but so you guys, okay, so it's straight repetition. That would be my homework for the dude. Straight repetition. Prove to me that what you are doing right now in summer league, and what you have done in summer league is real. Straight repetition, repetition, repetition. Go physical. I've never seen him dunk that much in my in my life, let alone a one handed palm dunk from his side. What the hell was that? Um, all the threes that actually went in and didn't hit rim, like uh, Kaysons or Kason, whatever you want to call them these days. Uh, the, those things were straight buckets at the bottom. So repetition. That's my homework. I like that. Um, I'll go with. Uh, continuing to work on dribble efficiency. Like there's a lot of guys, especially young guys that will do behind the back, double crossover between the legs, step back. And like their defenders just like standing there. Like I didn't move my feet. You're just <laughs> dribbling um, rockets last year. <laughs> the opposite of that is like every dribble move you make sets you up to do something, pass the ball, get a good look, entry pad whatever like shay like shay's Shea. got defender's legs in a pretzel yeah. with every yeah. step that he takes and, and he's not doing this like street ball stuff. it's, it's it, there, there's a such thing as dribble efficiency and Oos showed a lot of that um especially as he learns to dribble efficiently and use his positional size where like a guy guarding him's four inches shorter and he's got longer legs longer stride and gets quicker like once that starts to come together, he's going to be really, really good. So I just want him to continue to work on that. Like every, every movement you make on ball or off ball, like it needs to be intentional. Don't just do something to do something. So not trying to go off on a tangent, just really brief. Now knowing this is kind of the direction Us is being pushed as far as development uh, from year one to year two, because a lot of comps came out as soon as he was drafted. Oh, he's Nick Batum. Do you think that there's another version that they're kind of looking for, or is he the same kind of just like unique pony that they're doing everybody else in? Like, what what do we think a comp it could be? I'm still, I'm not to be clear the Paul George that's been floating. 
Uh, Everybody's Paul George these days. Uh, <laughs> you have to consider. You have to consider role. Like if you put Nick Batum, not now, but if you put Nick Batum at thirty when like he was Blazers known as Nick Batum, he was known as like mostly like even even later, mostly known as like a spot up guy. He's gonna hit forty five from the corners and forty two everywhere else. But if you put him in a setting where he was like the guy, he'd be like, oh wow, Nick Batum can actually create and do some other things. You see that with every play. You, you see Mitchell Robinson running five on five pickup, and the dude's like crossing people. <laughs> every guy has some kind of bag we don't see. So just because Oos is doing this in summer league, I wouldn't like change his comp from Nick Batum to Paul George because guess what? On October 17th, just give it a, a fake date, his role is no longer what it was in summer league. It probably is the Nick Batum, right? The, the late Nick Batum, the veteran Nick Batum catch and shoot kind of thing. So yeah, it depends um, on your role. Yeah. Be smart with the ball. Don't give it away. Yeah. Take the right shot. And honestly, yeah. like I even think back to when he was, you know, going through the pre-draft process. I don't even think Nick Batum was a fair comp. Um, that's not one that I, and obviously Paul George isn't either. I think neither are probably accurate. Um, he going to make that statement. More, Who is it? I don't know. It, it's interesting because he's such a tall, he's like a tall playmaker. He played a lot of point guard in the NBL. Magic and then, Johnson. <laughs> that's right. You, <laughs> say Chris, you say Chris Middleton right now. Dare I say Poku. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're going to get some haters. You know you know what he should try to directionally become is Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy's a good one. Oh, I like that. that. I, mean, I think it, he could have some more could. playmaking chops yeah. than Trey Murphy does. Well, he'll never be the shooter that Trey Murphy is. Uh, could be a good shooter, but also could playmake a little more than Trey. It's kind of. I think, I think, but I think also think to counter that, I think Trey Murphy could play if Trey Murphy's in the Thunder or Trey Murphy's playing in Summer League. He probably is playmaking. Playmaking a little more. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. It's Very hard to point. get comps for a lot of Thunder players. Sure. Yeah. I mean, of... most of them have like 50 game sample sizes in the league. Right. That's <laughs> coming, coming full circle. I'd like to reference the tweet uh, that Justin made about a Trey Man and Usman Jang standing next together, <laughs> uh, standing next to each other. And that said, Boomhauer and uh, what he would say, which is true. <laughs> that was awesome. Dang old man. Dang, dang old, dang old, dang old, dang old, dang man. I don't have anything some, to add uh, really to the Usman discourse other than uh, how do you work on physicality? Uh, go get into boxing or something. Yeah, there you go. Year. Hop I in like the that. octagon. Hop in the octagon. Physicality. Physicality is yeah. a big one for Oost, and uh, it was great to see him kind of embrace that a little more throughout Summer League. Next one on the list is a player we did not see at all. So other than get healthy, do you all have anything for JRE? He played like uh, fair. a few minutes the other night. Fair. He I played like a game. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Get healthy is a great one. Um, I think it just like what we talked about with Chet, like the man has spent a long time away from an NBA court. Not as long as Chet but a long time getting back in game shape is going to be important as far as actual on on court production. I think JRE needs to be able to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus surpassed those who have surpassed him in the last like eight months right like we were all pretty high on jre heading into last season and like what he could do and i think what he could bring to this team i think that opportunity is not as prevalent i think he he's got a lot more competition that he's got to go up against that he's gonna have to um (laughs) <laughs> the comments in the chat are unhinged. Uh, he's gonna have to step his game up because of the other the other faces that are on this roster to to compete with him. I think he's got to improve his offensive game to compete with Jay Will. I think he's got to improve his defensive game to compete with Jay Will. And <laughs> I think that I, if he doesn't do that, then I think that there's a very real shot that he's he's not on this roster this time next year. Why would I give a kid homework if I know he's probably going to switch schools in like a month, you know? So <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's my take. Remember when JRE was like the next Nick Carlson? Yes. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. He's going to be an NBA player for 15 Dude, years. Jacob, Jacob. No, this, and this is like, he could turn it around. Let's, let's he be could. clear. Hey, I'm not writing. Jacob said. Write someone off that like, you literally haven't seen play an NBA game, yeah. right? Like he's got to get no. back on the floor. And suddenly they're going to be posting, you know, emojis of uh, baseball caps on all of your comments. Right. In Instagrams. Jacob said, Jerry would be the backup center for the Thunder for a decade. Yeah, it was hot now. At the time, we all were like, "Yeah, I could see it." He does all the little things. It's it's health and opportunity. And Jay will arrived, who is awesome. That's That's what's so hard about the NBA is like everything has to go right to get there, and then everything's got to continue to go right once you get there. It's like that's why they say it's like the the point zero zero one percent of athletes actually Mm -hmm. make it to that level and and perform well. There was that tweet the other day, and I know it's something we've talked about before, but like actual longevity in the nba is just so rare especially these days something like no team not a single team has more than four players that are the same from five years ago yeah like think about wild zero i think this under roster right now and tell me only four of these guys are on the team in five years i thought marcus smart was going to be a lifer in in boston yeah right right it's crazy 
that Kevin Durant it really is life in Oklahoma City. Yeah. But something else too is like I'm and again I'm looking through the comments like the rest of us and I'm laughing at all, all the comments because they are <laughs> very funny. Um, you mean the the and, how everyone's talking about Prime Day? Yeah, right. Yeah, Prime Day. Prime Day. That's a yeah, that, That's what I'm laughing at. So y'all that's thought I didn't already else. capitalize on Prime Day? You're wrong. Oh man, I spent with. <laughs> I tweeted this. Comes out. Complete aside. Time for Taylor hosting. Oh, you tweeted take something? Us down a big rabbit hole. Went from Vegas straight into Prime Day. And uh, yeah, your boy's going to have to save up a little bit here over the next couple of weeks. But Taylor's not feeding his son for a month because he had to get that right. diffuser. Happy meals. Okay. The happy meals my are boy, for Taylor. My boy is big. We're feeding him good. He, he's ready for that D1 scholarship. Uh, holler at me, BV. Um, but. Back to JRE. Speaking of big dudes, look, a, a a player like that who's extremely talented, like they're going to <laughs> they're going to end up going to another team and performing really, really well. That's just the reality of today's NBA. It's really Thunder finding themselves at with this current roster. And JRE would not surprise me if he if he were to go to another team. Uh, I can see him performing really well. And the same people in the comments that we're all laughing at, you know, are like, why did the Thunder give up JRE? He's playing so well. And that's just the reality of, of this roster crunch that the Thunder find themselves in. It's a really, really good problem to have. Um, but yeah, I think we spent a lot of time on JRE. We talked with this JRE. Uh, we're talking about JRE. We talked about J. Will and how he's played, especially getting some of the playing time he's had in Summer League. What do you all have for J. Will? After watching the summer league for his summer school homework, Jay will. Is there anything additional outside of like what he already does? What do you think? He's got to get more vocal. You just don't ever hear that guy talk to him before. <laughs> Very quiet. Very <laughs> quiet guy. Well, you can hear him like he's the every deepest syllable. voice on earth. Yeah. Every syllable that he said on the floor in summer league was audible, like all the way to the, the upper deck. It's incredible. They actually, um, did you know he was a voice actor in Oppenheimer? His boom is so. Oh my god! Yep, yep. get out of here <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for for him. I actually, this is like kind of a joke, kind of serious. I want his homework to be like study the new flopping rule, because while most of his charges are not flopping, like if you think about who could this new rule actually hurt. Lou Dort drew the most offensive fouls and Jerry drew the most charges last year. Yeah. Could that be that's a great a significant That's the first deal? thing I thought of, Nick, when they, yeah. they talked about it was him taking all those charges, albeit the, to your credit, like you just said, he gets in legal position and he's not really flopping. He's taking those charges. The only thing I would say about JRE, not JRE, next player, um, <laughs> the uh, if you're uh, if you are, uh, was it Holly Rowe? That called him. Oh, uh, boy. Excuse me, young man. Uh, not the real the Jay. Will. Yeah, not the yeah. Will. That was rough. <laughs> I was like, yeesh. Uh, but for Jay Will, the only homework I would really give him uh, is just a smoother jump shot, uh, higher shooting percentage from the corners. He knows he's a player that knows his role, and he does that to a T already. Uh, going into his second year, you really loved what you saw your the first year. I mean, the Thunder did too. That's he supplanted. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, it seems like permanently. And um, working on your jumper, he does what you want positionally on defense. He takes charges. He he makes the offense flow. He's comfortable handling the ball, finishes under the rim. 
um, and already is willing to take those threes. And so I would say he's a really, really great role player for OKC. And I think he has a foreseeable future as a role player. But at the same time, you have roster crunch. And, well, you might want to cash in all those chips, several players from one point. But I would say just a shot. I would say uh, on defense is probably where I'd like to see him step things up. I, I think, you know, he, he gets a lot of attention for the charges. But I also think he plays, like, almost exclusively, like, drop coverage. Like, let's see some other looks from Jay Will. Like, can he get out and guard a guy? Can he Can he fight around a screen? and make that more difficult instead of always dropping back and going for that charge. Can he stand up big at the rim and make an impact there? I think that makes him much more dangerous and that makes him much more um, probably gives him more longevity in terms of different play styles and different rotations that he can fit in for this team. I, I, I didn't get to watch a ton of summer league, like front to back, caught a bunch of clips in between. But one thing I noticed early on in Vegas were that the Chet and J-Will pairing specifically uh, was a little clunky at first, and I thought Chet looked a lot better when J-Will went off and someone with someone else that was smaller came on. Uh, I, I guess it, it this is a broad assignment, but think about how you and Chet can play off of each other more. And I'm sure they'll spend a ton of time working on that and doing that. Everything we've talked about will help I like that pairing. That but that's, that was my thought early in Summer League, and it could have just been a, a Summer League thing, but we'll see. We talked about that point on one of our post games when we were in Vegas. Um and there is something to be said about Jay Will and Chet's, um, I guess, rim protection. And rim protection isn't just the shot blocking that Chet brings; it's also the charges that Jay Will is able to uh, is able to create. But at the same time, it wasn't always the cleanest offensively. So I like what you mentioned there, Silva. Moving on to the other Jalen, I think this will probably be very, very quick, considering we saw a very, very small sample size. We're gonna uh, give Shade homework too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, J-Dub. Um, the one I have here for J-Dub is please stay healthy. Anyone else have anything different? No. Works for me. I've got, got a comment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Watch your drug, your drug test. Uh, isn't it crazy that I'm going to say two of the best four players on this upcoming season's roster played Summer League and probably... Jalen is the second best in the upcoming season. Like, let, let, maybe let's make that a question instead of just a, a statement. Who is the second best player on this Thunder team this upcoming season? Behind oh boy. Shea. Is, behind I Chet. say it's Josh. Behind Shea. Is that really? Yeah. Like, I hope you're joking. <laughs> behind Chet. I hope that was more of a troll. Chet better. I hope that Chet was more better. of a troll than the Houston Chet Rockets fan that said Chet Jabari better. Smith is Jeez. potentially Chet the best better. Chet better than Shea. Houston fans are something Name else. It. Chet better. I, I would I would say it's still Josh Giddy. Um, I everybody loves J Dub. He makes the flashy plays, right? He has the one with the stupid wingspan that pokes balls out like they're nothing and just slams them. Uh. Yeah, I see you laughing, Silva. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> and, and takes off from the free throw line and to dunk the ball. And it's really exciting. He's, I would say, for J-Dub to work on the three-point shot a little bit more and the free throw uh, percentage a little bit too. Uh, I think those are areas of improvement, especially of guys that are kind of star caliber. And um, as uh, as far as J-Dub, like, he makes the flashy plays. He makes the exciting plays. He gets you out of your chair all the time. Uh, Josh... Uh, I think he's still the second best player on the team. His basketball IQ is just stupid off the charts. He's there at summer league, not necessarily to in, 
enjoy the the festivities and taking pictures with uh, some of the hosts of the of the podcast and stuff funny. like that. Um, but also how he can work. <laughs> have you enjoyed summer league, Josh? Well, yeah, it's it's like I one of those have. things like he's also looking at how he can maneuver his his play style not just with Shea but also around Chet Holmgren who he's getting a really extended look at for the first time because last year how many how many summer league games did Chet play before that whole game with LeBron where he slipped in that summer league and then he played a so we're talking like early August, I think. And they shut it. that crap down real fast because yeah. they found out it was really the floor was messed dangerous. Up. Yeah, yeah, it was slippery and there were too many people in there. Uh. Yeah. And so he, this is the first extended look. You're really getting at him, uh, especially after a year of seeing NBA speed. Um, so I like Josh. I mean, he's not he can get better on defense. Uh, I think everybody can attest to that on pod, on the podcast. Uh, but his general IQ, his shot making is improving. I think that we can all also agree with his finishing is improving. Uh, he has the best court vision probably out of any, but out of, out of like top 10 players in the NBA, top 10 players in the NBA court vision. Uh, so I say he's still second best, but that's not to say J-Dub doesn't make the more flashy, exciting plays. Question. Um, Taylor, I got a question first. I, I just wanted, I wanted, I want to make sure this, this is a, legit point that we carry throughout the offseason and think about going into the next season. You guys would all agree the Thompson twins are super intriguing, have a lot of upside and could be really good players. Yes. Yes. Especially after some, I see where this is going already and I love it. What's the age difference between them and Josh Giddy? Uh, Josh is younger than no. both. Right? No. Close. It's a three month and 20 day difference. So that's kind of where I was going to agree with Kami Art and that I think there's going to be the argument at this point. Nice. <laughs> Just Taylor. What happened? Uh, here we go. Welcome to the Taylor show. Uh, Wait, is, are we still live? <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Okay, yeah. we're still live. There's a red uh, button in the, in the corner okay, up there. Cool. It was highlight time for, uh, for Taylor. <laughs> I was very concerned there oh, for a no. second that we lost everyone. <laughs> Now we can just basically all I was going to say is I think at this point next year we'll be talking about like we'll we'll still be having the same not argument the the same conversation because I think Dub will continue to improve and to Kamir's point we'll be scoring but Josh will continue to impact the game on so many levels that aren't even shown in the stat sheet and so um, I I think it'll be very hard to just necessarily distinguish uh, easily a second best player on this roster behind Shay, uh, behind Chad, I mean. Whenever Jacob's <laughs> not here, this turns in from a podcast to a talk show. Correct. Which is, is it's what gets all the clicks and views these days. Uh, you're welcome, people. Okay, let's go ahead and move on because uh, J-Dub was going to be a quick one and it quickly evolved into a long conversation. So we have two left. Kaysen Wallace, Keontae Johnson. Both played a lot in the summer league. So let's go ahead and start with Kaysen. We saw a really great debut from him uh, that first game in summer league that Justin, Nick and I were able to be at, which was awesome. Um, from there, he didn't score as much, but continued to impact the game. I think at a high level. So I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts after seeing him in summer league, what should he be working on heading into the regular season? Uh, I first thing that jumps out, and this is a weakness that we knew of uh, a quote unquote weakness that we knew of coming in just a, a weak spot in his game, at least is getting to and finishing at the rim, um, like off of his own dribble, that wasn't his biggest strong suit here. And, you know, he, he, 
he's worked around it, hit a ton of threes. His shot looks awesome. So keep that up, obviously. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would say finishing at the rim for me. I agree. Nobody I, else I, likes Kaysen. The Justin. biggest thing, it's, it's so hard with the rookies because what we saw in summer league from them is going to look nothing like what you see in the season. Cause they don't know anything. They don't know anything about the thunder. They don't know anything about the thunder's offense. They don't know anything about the thunder's play style. They don't know anything about their teammates. Like they're literally just like dropped out there to see what they can do. And that's why summer league is meaningless and we can't take anything away from it really. So from, for Kaysen, it's a, it's a cliche and probably a boring answer, but I think it's the right answer which is I want to see him go learn the playbook. I want to see him go get integrated with the team staff. I want to see him go understand what his role should be on this team. I think, you know, as the season unfolds, you're going to see lots of different styles of how they use Kaysen. I want to see him find, find that niche on the team in a very crowded backcourt. How, how can he carve out those minutes? What's, what's his play style look like alongside Shea, alongside Josh, alongside Mitchich? Like what are those different combinations that he can bring something to the table and contribute as far as what he needs to do? It's nothing specific at this point. I think it's just getting integrated and and starting to understand the the system that he's coming into. To that point, it's really hard to join a team halfway through. Like he didn't play Salt Lake, obviously. Yeah. Um, Ty Ty is a great example of this. Like, coming in and playing the last two games. Yeah. If you didn't like follow basketball and you just popped in for your first Thunder game every these last two games, you wouldn't know Ty Ty is a first round pick and better than 95% of this roster because it's, it's that hard to integrate. And so for case, and I, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt there where it's like, you didn't play the first three. There, there was, there was many guys that had better summer leagues than case that will not be on the NBA roster next year. And a lot of that's just, meshing practicing longer i think Kaysen did practice although he couldn't play officially but um missing those three games in salt lake you're losing out on a lot of that like on court chemistry which would have been huge so yeah. nick that's actually a great transition to my next point uh tai tai is a bust let's go ahead and get <laughs> getting coming or i see you unmuted want to talk a little bit about Kaysen. oh no yeah, I, I, would, I would just say everything uh, i mean like you you basically give this man a packet and say here you go when it's this massive packet of stuff because he's a rookie i knew sure it was exciting for everybody um that first game when he was just canning everything i knew i was like oh man here this is this is a great first outing for him for sure it's really fun that he's making all these threes but he's setting the bar rather high for himself um and is not that's not what he's gonna be in like immediately or at maybe even at all in his career uh so i would just say everything playbook culture teammates chemistry where you're gonna be at etc uh you that's that's his homework is literally just everything be a sponge and take it all in pretty much I think that's very very fair uh in a similar category there Keontae Johnson he was very aggressive in summer league which I love to see um I I thought he pops at certain times especially when less and less players uh that will be playing regular minutes and on this current Thunder roster when they weren't playing as much here towards the end of summer league Keontae really kind of jumped up and kind of took on that role curious your guys' thoughts here on Keontae Johnson's summer league and uh, what he can take away for his summer school here heading into the regular season. Keontae was 
and I'm, I'm going to defend myself for quick in the chat because I'm seeing these pop up. Uh, 95% <laughs> of the summer league roster. If I think Ty Ty Washington's better than 95% of the actual Thunder roster, I would be kicked off the podcast months ago. <laughs> um, come on. Uh, Keontae is really, really interesting. I think he he's like this weird, non-traditional player that when if, if you were to say, like, build me the perfect NBA player, a lot of what he has is not that. But a lot of what he has is also like the, the wingspan, fantastic. The strength is NBA ready. The three-point shot, based on his last college season, is there. But then it's like on the flip side, he's a 6'5 forward. That's a lob threat. A lot of the shots he makes are really tough, so how sustainable is that? It's like super unorthodox. He kind of needs the ball in his hands to make... It's, it's like... It's, it's kind of like the Kenny Lofton, where he comes in and you're like, how... Sure, this guy was great, but how is he going to make it in the NBA? And then he does Kenny Lofton with hops. There you go. Hey, there. I, I like that. Do you think he could adopt like some sort of PJ Tucker kind of role if you were to stay? That's I like interesting. That. I, was I was thinking. I was I like thinking about that. Yeah. Just I was thinking about that just last night. I was like PJ Tucker exclusively used to guard yep. shooting guards, um, mm-hmm. and then he ended up guarding the big guys. Uh, and I was thinking about I was like, ooh, Keontae Johnson. Seems like a JRE replacement to me, just looking at him play, especially side by side. Um, I mean, I mean, it's hard to look at it side by side and to look at a guy that's been in the system for two and going to his third year now, look at the guy that just came in um, and just looking at them and thinking, could he be like a PJ Tucker kind of guy? And that's a guy that you love that comp. need in the playoffs, uh, let alone the regular season. But I don't know. He, I mean, same thing for him. Like, uh, he throw the playbook at him and hope he soaks up everything. I think he stays on the roster or is a two way guy at least, of course. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add on uh, Keontae. I would, I mean, if you if he ends up spending most of the season with the Blue, which I think is kind of what we all expect, um, just enjoy your time with the Blue. This roster is a little weird right now. Let it sort itself out and keep working on your game because I don't know. Like, like Mitchich is here. I'm still trying to get wrap my head around that. Uh, I don't know what to feel about that. Is is anyone? Are we excited for that? Are we? I don't know. Yeah. Godspeed, Keontae. <laughs> <laughs> he has been given Silla's blessing. Yeah. Well, I think we uh, I think we covered that very well. Obviously, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun content. But one more thing before we get out of here. We have win totals for the NBA via DraftKings. But before we break into that, before we get into the Thunders to kick things off, let's go ahead and take a quick little ad break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So like I mentioned, DraftKings uh, via Action Network, actually, I think is where we saw this uh, come from. But DraftKings is who released it. They did their over-unders for NBA teams for the season, their win totals. And, I, and obviously, we're going to have to go ahead and kick this one off with the Thunder because we are a Thunder podcast, whoever would have thunk it. 42 and a half wins is what DraftKings has the Thunder at. Uh, for comparison's sake, because our guy Silva so conveniently placed the uh, last year's win totals in the dock, the Thunder ended at 40 wins, 42 losses. But this would have them at two and a half more wins for the season. What are you guys thinking? Too high, too low, just right? This is weird because it, it was like 23 and a half last year, wasn't it? Right. Right. That's nuts. That's a huge, huge jump. It makes me uncomfortable, but I feel like it's like run on maybe a little over. I'm team. I'm team 500 have been for a bit. I think it's that that just feels like the thunder. Like they're going to be really impressive. They're going to be a team that's expected to take a big step. But a lot of last year was like no major injuries besides Chet, obviously like SGA played the whole year. He was first team all NBA. Josh was awesome. Nobody knew how to guard Dub because he was a rookie. There's going to be some regression, naturally. There's going to be some injuries, probably. But you're also adding Chet and Kaysen and Michich. So it's like, I, I just think they're going to be about the same. Like 40 to 44 feels where it is, and 42 is right in the middle, and it's 500, and they feel like they're going to be a 500 team. I feel the same. I feel the same way. Um, I mean, just look at the West in general. The only team that isn't trying to compete looks like Portland right now, uh, even though they're, I don't know what the hell they're doing, Dame. Maybe. There, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but regardless, they're still not better than the Thunder. And, and I think about the teams that OKC, how many times did they come back from like 18 points down last season? So there's, there's those games. The West itself is so, 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 so competitive. And I, I thought they were going to be a play-in team regardless. There was no circumstance in which I thought this team would take such a leap that they'd be in the first five spots. I mean, there's just so much talent still there at the top that nobody's really changing roster spots uh, in the West. Uh, at the top, heck, if, if that, they're adding more firepower, especially if you're um, maybe the Phoenix. Uh, so I would say around 500. Uh, somewhere around there. But again, as we saw last season, I mean, crap, y'all like seed five to 11 were within like three games, you know? So like, it's not, that's not me saying, Oh, they're about going to be about the same. It's me saying they're going to be in that log jam. They're not, they haven't taken that next step yet, but I think they will maybe over the course of next season going on into the 2024, 25 season. So calm here. I think you, or sorry, I, I think he's hinting at something I've been thinking a lot about of uh, Justin. And, and like, you think of this team in a nutshell, 
and they're getting Chet back, and these young guys are getting better, and we have Keyson Wallace added to this team, and he seems to fit really, really well to what this team is doing. Like, heck yeah, this team is two and a half wins better than what they were last season. You have to look at the rest of the league, which is kind of what Kamir is getting at. Like, where are those those wins coming from if the Thunder are getting more wins? And where are those losses uh, being attributed to if they aren't going to the Thunder? That's where this gets so interesting and so tough. Uh, Justin, go ahead. What were you thinking? I, I'm I'm taking the over, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I think, the, yes, Nick, like you said, like they had some injury luck, but they also lost every big man for like significant portions of the season. And they looked their best without him. I yeah, right. Now imagine you add Chet Holmgren to that equation. I think the fact that they won the games they won playing the style they did is the anomaly. I think that that it, it's it is a not an anomaly that they won so many games but that they did it with the roster that they have. I think doing running it back this year with Chet in the center with a more well-rounded rotation rather than, you know, pick, pick your small ball five and go make it work rotation like they had last year. I think that changes things significantly. Do I think it's going to be like 50 wins? I'm not saying that, but I think, I think I feel pretty comfortable with like 44, 45, like that feels slightly conservative. Would you put them in the five seed then? Would you go that far? Like you said, I think it it depends. The West is nuts, man. Right. Like yeah. who knows what that number? Like even Houston is trying to push in some chips for something. They certainly now, are. So that was going to be the other thing I was going to say is like, yes, you look around. Who's who's tanking? Portland, Utah. Is that it? Kind of right? the Spurs. Like Utah, Utah kind also of, got John right? Collins. Like, and like I don't know. As of July sixteenth, I would put those two, but. Yeah. Then you have what Taylor just said. You have the Spurs. They're going to stink. They're going to have Wimby, but they're going to stink. Houston's going to stink because they're Houston. There, There's going to be other teams that maybe aren't necessarily trying to bottom out that are still going to find themselves in that sure. position sure. come the end of the season. We may not see it now on July 16th, 2023, but it'll become very clear next season. It's not, this isn't going to be like a weird year where nobody's tanking. Like it's going to balance out like it always does. Like it always but does. I, yep. I think there, there's no way that Oklahoma City adds Chet Holmgren and doesn't take some sort of a leap. So I think this is a perfect transition. Uh, what you just let us into there, Justin, to go ahead and, and round with the podcast here. I'm with you all that I think the Thunder will be better than two and a half wins in comparison to last season, uh, this coming year. But where, like I mentioned, are those wins coming from? Who who are they taking those wins away from? Uh, who else is getting those losses that the Thunder would not be getting those losses from? Uh, so let's go ahead and read off the rest of these standings. Silva, I'm going to have you go ahead and go through them. Now I'm curious your guys' thoughts in comparison to the Thunder. Again, who are they taking those wins from? Where are the losses going to? Uh, and also, who is a little too high on this list? Who is a little too low? And we'll go ahead and round the podcast uh, going through this list. I'll go through them pretty quick, but I'll uh, I'll stop on ones that are like less obvious. Uh, so like the Nuggets, fifty four and a half, that feels pretty obvious. Celtics, fifty three and a half, that's fine. Bucks, fifty two and a half, all right. Uh, Suns, fifty one and a half, okay. That feels a little it's spicy a little, to me. A little spicy. It feels that feels fun to me. Point I, guard Bradley like Beal. They traded their only point guard. I don't know. Uh, Warriors, forty nine and a half. 
now that's where I start to think about the whole five through 10 crunch uh, because the dubs like they got Chris Paul. That's really weird. Yeah, but they're all old. I mean, yeah. like yep. <laughs> older injured. I mean, besides mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins. Right. And even he has had, had some injuries. And so it's it's tough because you see Draymond breaking down and taking because they the, their entire team has played so many extended playoff series that they played an extra NBA season in there somewhere. Um, and so uh, those dudes are old uh, and it's like the, the turning of the guard. So 49 seems like too much for me there for personally. That's just my opinion. Like they were terrible away from home last year. I don't see that trend not continuing. Um, and I guess does that see it really all just depends on Steph and that's what it feels like. It's, what it's been doing I for the last two years. I think you're spot on there, Kamiar. And, and there's the whole, like, even though it's not quite as bad now that they traded James Wiseman, there's still the the old versus new tug and pull going on there. Like, I, I think that's absolutely a team that some of those wins could potentially come from you know, when, when we're thinking about the Thunder and even some of these other teams. I'm with you. So how, how are you guys approaching the Houston-Utah angle with, like, I think we're all at a point now where the Thunder winning games is not a bad thing like it was two years ago. But at the same time, you want the Houston pick to convey, you want the jazz pick to convey. It's like, how do you, how do you night to night balance that? Well, let's get there as we go through the list, Nick, we don't talk about every team. Okay. Come on, Nick. (laughs) Um, uh, The Cavs, uh, they had the Cavs at third in the, in the East, uh, 49 and a half wins. And they added Max Schroes. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lakers. About that. <laughs> he said, how about that? Next. Uh, Lake, Lakers, 48 and a half. That's, that's high. That's pretty high. Uh, hey, LeBron's, hey, LeBron's high. going to 23, so he's taking up a notch. Hey. You know? Okay. There you go. Yeah, he's back. Okay. I think um, the Lakers are one of those teams that, like, yeah. they're going to perform well in the playoffs. But, yeah, it absolutely can take away some of those wins. I wouldn't touch. And I wouldn't Anthony, touch their win And Anthony total. Davis. Yep elbow to the sternum is gonna ruin their season so yeah uh, I'm, i don't like, like i don't like it toenail yeah i don't like it yeah a lot of these win totals in the middle of the in the middle and upper half of the west feel like very fragile like the next one the mavericks uh 45 and a half Ooh. They, that's confident that's, that is confident they had uh, 38 wins last year so they seven I and a half wins better uh I don't know. It's it's an experiment. I like what they did in the offseason, to their credit. Like, sure. I think sure. they made some good moves. Is that seven wins worth of moves? I don't know. I think, we, again, another one that I'm probably not touching because you just you can't know how Kyrie and Luca are going to work on the floor until you see it in a, a larger sample size. That's what they uh, said, uh, you know, in the Supreme Court about a certain type of material. You, you, you'll know it when you see it. And I don't know about Luca and Kyrie meshing well together. I mean, is it going to be Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook thing? You go, I go, you go, I go, take a turn, take a turn, take a turn. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that is conducive to actually winning that many games in the playoffs, but I think you could get them to what, what 45? Uh, yeah, yeah, 45 and a half. Will they play defense at all? That's a good question. Will Luca 
lose some weight and so he can't play effective defense. He's looking slimmer. Hey, looking nice yeah, right he's now. Good. climbing those stairs. You know, well, you know, you know <laughs> weddings will do that to you. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. Good point. Just throwing it out there. Uh, good point. Grizzlies at 45 and a half. Also, no that jaw for the first way steal line. Is yeah. jaw 25 games? Yeah. Yeah. That feels too high. Agreed. I agree. Pelicans, 43 and a half. Depends on Zion. Like, again, Zion. I don't touch that one. It's always uh, Kings 43 and a half. That's almost, I almost feel better about the Kings than I do some of the teams we just talked about. I feel like about. the Kings Agreed. are too low. Agreed. Yeah. I uh, think the Kings might have had a little lightning in a bottle last year. Like, really? kind of similar things that, that, like Nick was talking about with the Thunder of like, they just had a lot of things go right. I wouldn't be surprised if it took a little bit of a step back this year. To me, it depends on Demonis Sabonis and his health, too. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, who's next? Uh, I'll fly through some of the rest of these. The Knicks, 43 and a half. All right. That kind of feels it, low, too. But, like, again, low. everything in this range feels low. So yeah. Um, they were only they the optimist. They're, <laughs> yeah, they only have four teams above 50 wins. Uh, we had Timberwolves at 43 and a half. I don't know what to feel about the Timberwolves. Do they trade cat? Like, who was it that I was listening to here a little bit ago? So they talked to everybody in Vegas, and they don't think that Cat's going to be on the team long term. Low? So what does that mean? It could have like, been low, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hawks, 42 and a half. They tr- finally traded John Collins. That's um, a conversation that we eventually need to have about the Hawks just in general. Remember like how we talked about how they, we all felt like they pressed the button to go all in, push all their chips in too soon? Like I think that's coming to fruition right now. I think it's coming to fruition to bite them in the butt. Like I like they're they're getting off of John Collins, but they're not moving anywhere. And like we've said a million times in the podcast, if you're always stuck in the middle, you're going to be in the middle, and you're going to be wasting dudes like Trey's talents. Uh, I I feel like it could be lower for the Hawks. From a front office standpoint, you have to appreciate Oklahoma City working with guys like Shea on the vision and not being forced or pushed into competing too early. Cause I, yes, I think in the ownership, few, few Trey young yep. uh, storylines a couple years ago where it's like the guy wants to win. Now sewer max is coming up or rookie max extensions coming up. You had to make these moves. You may not want to make. Whereas in Oklahoma city, you get Shea to buy in, you play the slow game. Now Oklahoma city is, roughly the same win total as the Hawks has all yeah. their picks and more, a more brighter future. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a interesting concept. And I think everybody in a, in a nutshell, well, a would rather have Luca than Trey young and would rather have Shea than Trey young. Tough. Very tough. The Hawks, by the way, for John Collins, after uh, the trade rumors for like two or three seasons, they got Rudy gay and a future second. <laughs> no, they got Patty Mills. They got Patty Mills. Okay. Oh, you're right. Rudy Gay ended up in Oklahoma City. Rudy Gay, like, Rudy Gay in a second for Patty Mills. So it literally was John Collins for Patty Mills. I remember when Rudy Gay had his seat right next to Ennis Cantor in the OKC <laughs> locker room for just a moment. <laughs> had a name Ennis on the Cantor. locker. Put his nameplate right there. What a time that was. Mellow instead. Oh, God. Woo. <laughs> uh, I said, okay, I said Hawks 42 and a half, Thunder 42 and a half, Raptors 37 and a half. They got Grady Dick. Double O Dick, I'm heard he's called. <laughs> That's his That's nickname. How many wins right? he's good for. That is his nickname. 
if you are <laughs> a Raptors podcast and you do not make 007 dick shirts, like, we've been over this. I mean, um, just the, the Kansas student section picture is just enough. Yes, Body paint. Enough. Yes. We uh, heart. Yeah. Raptors in a weird spot. Bulls also at 37 and a half wins. They're in a weird See, spot. Just, those two of, feel kind of on par for me. Uh, yeah. I, I, Cheese because I think they're they're fairly. I don't yeah. know. I can see it either way. And the Bulls just got granted the that player exception. Player exception, yeah, for Lonzo. Yeah. I I think the rest of this list feels pretty fair. I think yep. so too. Magic was, is Mitchich going to the Bulls and the getting oh. the the player for a point guard? Did I just no. predict something else that's going to happen? Like Mark Mark Dagnall being uh, the new head the new head coach or. <laughs> Uh, Trey Mann's uh, scoreline last year. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> like an oracle, I'm saying. Shooting star. Like an oracle. Why don't you tell us the win total for the Thunder? 42. I already told you, Nick. Okay. Then that's what it is. <laughs> then we're going under. It is what it going is. Under. 42. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, everybody. No, no. It's uh, Magic 35 and a half. I, if I were a Magic fan, I'd be like, slide over on that. I feel pretty good about the Magic. Pacers 35 and a half. Jazz that's 34 low. and a half. Uh, yeah, that's low. Pacers is low. Pacers that's is low. low. Now, Jazz 34 and a half. That also feels low. I think it's a good time to uh, we can get close and wrap up here with what Nick was mentioning with the, the Jazz and the Rockets. Uh, yep. Rockets 31 and a half, uh, as well as the Hornets 31 and a half. Spurs 30 and a half. 27 and a half for the Pistons. 25 and a half for the Wizards. I don't know. Those are so weird. Like Hornets 31 and a half kind of feels, feels a little high. Uh, and then like Spurs 30 and a half feels a little high. Pistons feels really low at 27 and a half. And Wizards feels pretty spot on. Uh, but Nick, you were, you were talking about the Jazz and the, the Rockets until I really interrupted you. I'm curious your thoughts there, what you, you were about to bring up. No, it's just a weird phenomenon. Like you, these are two teams in your conference. That quite literally will dictate if they're below you, obviously, like you're 13th at worst, at worst. But at the same time, you probably don't want the Rockets to be bottom two. You'd prefer them to be higher so that four picks, not a 50 50 shot, or that five picks, not a 50 50 shot. Um, same with the Jazz top 10. Like you kind of need them to be decent some, some to good. Yeah. But if they're decent to good and the Rockets are decent to good, if both those teams are above the Thunder, they're nowhere near the play-in, right? How, ba- how bad is the East going to be? Let's look, so let's look up on the stats. Right, right. So it's like it's it's this weird balance of you're watching the Thunder, you're watching their standings, you want them to compete, but you're also like weirdly rooting for these other two teams to also be like good enough but not great. And the reality is the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Rockets will probably be kind of in that same block. And so there's just there's so many factors, especially late in the season. It'll be interesting to see like what levers are pulled, because as much as the fan base and the national media wants the Thunder to take this huge step forward, I think Presty would be just fine saying, you know, that we're three games behind the Jazz and the Rockets for a play-in right now. Might want them just to sit there and us not, you know. Totally. I, I, I agree. It's like one of those weird things where the Jazz have uh, some pretty decent pieces on their team in that I would want them to be somewhat competitive. Same thing with the Rockets because of the whole picks and the whole pick situation and the exceptions to those picks. 
Um, and so that's why I'm praying on like the East just being just really, really, really top heavy and just a lot of bottom feeders because the West, besides the, really a couple teams, uh, they're trying to be really competitive. Um, and so that's an issue. And I, and I feel like, was it 25 for Detroit? Uh, Detroit 27 27 and a 27? half. Ah, that feels really low for them. That's that feels crazy low. That feels really they, low for them. Theirs was high last year and they probably just feel burned. <laughs> they they, they overcorrected. They overcorrected. Yeah. yeah, that feels that feels really low for them with Cade and all those dudes that are they already have coming back. I don't know. A star is going to be incredible. That, he, also, he's I the agree. feature of the franchise. I was about to. Who's Cade Cunningham? Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm, though, I'm glad that like, meme of Cade Cunningham is fake. The quicker I thought they real. get over themselves yeah, yeah. and don't worry about like the vets who need the ball in their hands and just give a star the ball as soon as possible, the better off they're going to be. I'm a huge, and I, I was not. Nick Nick can contest to this. He like and and he corrected me. He was like, "Why are you so high on Amen? But why are you so low, low on Star?" this was here gosh almost a year ago and um, you you were right you you were right there is i mean we can we don't need to break down the the differences but they're they're not too different if we compare them to the morris twins um how how much higher or lower how much higher is their ceiling in the morris twins you got you guys think they're going to be have a better nba careers than the morris twins sky high Sky high ceiling. They're both who's, who's Marcus, who has been more successful, and who is Markeith, who has been successful but not seen as much success. I, like on a higher level, I think like Asar is Markeith in the sense that he fits better, maybe in a team role. But like I think Marcus, like Amen, will be more of the Marcus in terms of like he's the twin that everybody thinks of first. Uh, but again, mm. like I, I think it's such a unique and different situation that both of them are going to be i don't know they're both gonna uh, be way better than both yeah. Of those guys yeah that's fun yeah we're twins all right Playing so you basketball. got for uh, hour two where we break down zyre smith and daquan Robbins, <laughs> uh 13 minutes and 11 minutes in the summer league game respectively no yeah let's break go down uh, jan williams brothers film <laughs> just gonna play them <laughs> off like it's the oscars <laughs> you want it is it time? Oh, he he killed it. No, I was ready. That that was okay, my favorite. Commit. Oh, you gotta commit. You you got me the first time. You Get like, out of here, Justin. <laughs> Look, the chemistry isn't quite there. All right, because uh, yeah, yeah, Jacob's usually the one doing this. This podcast is unhinged. This podcast went off the rails, and we had a ton of fun with it. We did, and we, we appreciate all of you interacting with us in the comments. Obviously, we don't quite have the time to go through them all, uh, but we greatly appreciate all of you tuning in live. We appreciate all of you uh, tuning into our socials. Continue to stay tuned. We have a lot planned throughout the offseason, even though Summer League is over, the draft's over. Still a lot to come from the uncontested. As we gear up for training camp and an extremely exciting regular season ahead. So be sure to continue to stay tuned to all of our socials, like I mentioned. Stay tuned. We'll be live Wednesdays, Sunday nights, uh, as you all have come to expect. We'll have you covered. And as always... Thunder up. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 